Welcome to the mixtape. I'm Natalie. And I'm Valerie. And it's my favorite time of the year. <laughs> it's just <laughs> getting right into it. <laughs> it's soup season. Well, it's been soup season, mm-hmm. but I just love fall in Ohio. It's the best time of the year. I love when it starts to get cool. And uh, even though you can enjoy soup year round, I particularly love it now. And this weekend, we're having a soup herbal. <laughs> Very nice. S-O-U-P-E-R. Love that. And all my friends are bringing a different kind of soup, and we'll determine which one reigns supreme. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's a great idea. Um, And (laughs) it's not often that we get to talk about our guests' passions outside of the lab Mm -hmm. or outside of biotech and life sciences, but today's guest is a cook herself, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But today, our guest, Shweta Gergenrath, joins us, and she is the head of cardiovascular and neuromuscular therapeutic areas at Entrada Therapeutics, which has been a client of ours for um, the past couple of years, and we're so excited to hear her conversation. We are, and Shweta brings over 15 years of experience spanning the academic and pharmaceutical industry. She is a mother of two, a grandmother of one, and it's so cute because she is married to her grad school buddy. Um, she is a scientist, and she's a teacher at heart and has loved her interactions with all of her students. She stayed connected with, with them, and one of them even works with her now. So that's really cool. Yeah, and for most of her professional career, she's worked in the rare disease space, which if you've been a longtime listener of the Mixtape podcast, you know that we're really passionate about rare disease here at Mixed Talent. Um, and she has spent a significant time working in the ultra rare disease space, which has been really cool to see her land at Entrada because of the work that they do. So I know that she's really hoping that someday she'll be able to bring something to the clinic for the patients that Entrada serves. So today, Shweta joins our teammate, May Lee, who is a recruiting team lead here at Mixed Talent for our R&D division. Um, and we're looking forward to hearing their discussion. So without further ado, we'll turn it over to May and Shweta. So Dr. Shweta Gergenrath, it is so good to have you here with us today. We'd Thank love you. to learn, yeah, welcome. We'd love to learn a little bit about your story, um, your life story and your career. And I'll just start with some questions um, that I'm sure everyone's gonna be excited to hear about. So maybe the first question would be, why and when did you choose to become a scientist? That's a great question, May. Um, I don't even remember when that was, um, but I do remember that I really loved biology of all sciences. I was a little bit scared of chemistry, but biology was something I really loved. And I think almost in high school, I started, um, you know, I loved the organ biology, right? Organ system. And I I realized that um, you learn a subject best when you are really able to teach it to somebody. So I basically hijacked my little cousins to teach them about organ systems. And I that gave me a real good feel for um, what I was talking about and how neat this whole system is. And also what was intriguing for me is that, um, like, what a great engineering system this whole organ system has to be that each cell if it's working it 
you have a you know complete system but if anything goes wrong even one protein or one cell you have a huge consequence so everything has to really synchronize and work in harmony and that was fascinating i think that was my start of um, loving science well that's incredible sounds like at a very young age you were very curious and you also found that you had some natural talent for teaching and you had a captive audience within your family <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Not sure about that, but I did. <laughs> um, did you have a role model or anyone that influenced your decision to work in science? So, yeah, I mean, so my family has, I mean, my uncles and aunts, they have been always in science some way or the other. So they, I always got inspirations from them. I did have a friend who was few years older than me um, and uh, she was also a zoology major and I used to go and work with her you know learn, you know she she would help me to understand a subject or, or, or a chapter and that really had a big influence to play in my life um, you know this discussion with her and um, so yeah I mean I always tended to go towards biology and more uh, uh, zoology, and she did play a role. I do remember of that. That's wonderful. Was, so was it around high school or college it was, that you it decided? Was, to, you know, high, grade 12, first year. So she was like, you know, she was master's student when I was an undergrad. So I would always go and seek her out. Um, she was in the neighborhood, and we would both discuss about, um, you know, you know, uh, cardiac system or nephrology or anything for that matter so yeah so wow, she, she did play a role a lot yeah so when other kids were going to the movies or going <laughs> out to parties yeah. you were discussing science I did both I did both yeah. I, I I think I, I did do some fun stuff too but she was also part of her fun group right so mm -hmm. it was a little bit of both okay wonderful so um, at some point you decided to go and get your PhD. Yes. Did somebody um, influence you in that regard? Or yes. Yeah, so that's an interesting um, story. Right. That was not uh, something I went straight from undergrad to you know to grad school. I had a big right. break. I. I was, um, I, after my undergrad, then I was in India, I got um, married by, you know, to, you know, pretty, you know, typical system of, um, you know, arranged marriage. And then uh, I was, um, I came with my ex-husband to this country. He was in grad school and I was, um, I came with my one year old daughter, really. So, and um I wasn't in school, but I very quickly realized um, that I did want to go back to school. Um, and uh, I really had um, very little money to even apply for uh, GRE exams and stuff like that, but I did. So, and could only apply to one school and went into master's program at Northeastern, correct? And then um, I ended up working in my mentor, PhD mentor's uh, lab, who was, I, I still consider a guru in physiology, really a very um, hardcore physiologist. Um, 
and that uh, and he really influenced me i started with masters and soon enough i switched into um into phd with him and um, i just it's an interesting um little uh, note that in up until undergrad, I did not like anything to do with muscle physiology. I actually did not read that chapter uh, going through my undergrad <laughs> and ended up in a muscle lab and ended up doing muscle physiology for a living almost, right? So, but he was a big influence at the time uh, that how, like I, I, I told you organ system fascinated me, physiology fascinated me, and he really brought the whole system at, in you know, at the level of nuts and bolts. So it um, really made a lot of sense um, how the whole organ systems worked, not only in humans, but going up the species, right? So it was, yeah, he played a huge role in me to switch over to PhD. Wonderful. And what at what point did you um, start to focus in on rare diseases and ultra-rare diseases? Yeah, so, so my as I said, PhD was in muscle physiology, but that was a very hardcore muscle physiology lab, you know, muscle biomechanics lab. And as I was going through my training, I realized, you know, I love the physiology part of it, but I really like more of the signaling, you know, how does the signaling molecules work in order to, uh, for example, for the muscles to contract, right? So with that in mind, uh, when I chose my postdoc, I went actually to, again, a muscle biology lab, but more with the molecular focus. But I was still not was in the rare disease. Then uh, during my postdoc years, in my last postdoc, I ended up at uh, Boston Biomedical Research Institute, which uh, is gone now, but it was a mecca of muscle biologists, all very, you know, pioneers of muscle field were working in there, but, um, and I went there, and I was uh, in the lab of um, uh, Professor or Dr. Jeff Miller, and he was working with uh, Indushan muscular dystrophy models. And as I entered the lab, he had just started, he had brought in a model of this ultra rare disease and I got that project totally by chance. And as I worked in that rare disease model, tried to understand more of the disease mechanisms, I realized how complicated it was and how different, even within muscle diseases, how different two different diseases can be. And I chose to then, um, as I went on to set up my own lab, uh, Jeff was uh, very um, collaborative in letting me take this whole project. And I started my lab working in this ultra rare disease. That's how I have wow. been from two one, I guess. Wow. So you, so you really, um, you just kept on powering through your career and taking on, digging deeper into the subject matter that you're fascinated with. Yeah. And then yeah. You started your own lab. That's a pretty incredible undertaking. And it how was. was that? Yes. How was that? Did you run into any kind of challenges, or did yes. you have? any doubts about yourself in the beginning? Uh, yes, uh, many a times, right? I mean, uh -huh. I wasn't looking for this position. Uh, it was, um, 
I, I knew that, um, I, I, I knew while even as a postdoc that I really loved teaching and I loved science. I could not go for either or. And um, so, but I was also in Boston area and all the universities which have both of these components um, equally weighted, it's very hard to get into as a faculty. And um, so even as I, this disposition just showed up on one of these um, bulletin boards where I was finishing my postdoc. And uh, one of my colleagues then showed me this and said, hey, this is almost says, it's written Shweta Gurganrath on it. I said, okay, um, it does. A lot of things I have done is there. Uh, so let me just, you know, I'll just try to apply for it. So I, I, I did. And uh, I, my, then my chair of the department where I joined was ex um, BBRI where, where I was working and I went and shared my CV with her and she was like, okay, this is good, but it's very competitive. I said, that's okay, this is my CV. And she looked at it and said, well, it's really good, but um, it's very competitive. I said, that's fine. And don't expect me to, you know, do any, I, I cannot do anything for this. I said, that's totally fine. And I didn't expect anything. And then eventually, after a few days, um, surprisingly, I was asked for re references. I said, okay, this is getting real. Um, I was shortlisted. So yeah. I was like, okay, I went in again, talking to her. She said, yeah, I know that you've been shortlisted, but don't expect I can help you with it. I said, no problems. <laughs> don't do that. Um, okay, I'll give it. So I, so, so, and I kept moving along and interestingly I moved along to the two people final and oh, wow. I didn't expect that so um, and I think the reason I reached to that level was I I did bring both of those that I used to love teaching I kept teaching mm -hmm. through my grad school I first I used to teach because it was necessary to do extra classes I had a single child I mean, I was a single mother with a child, um, but also I loved teaching, right? And when I was postdoc, I was still teaching. Whenever I would get a chance to teach a, in a lab course across the, you know, I had to go an hour to do that, I would do it. So I had enough teaching background as well as I had research. So I kind of brought both of it and I got that position. So, yeah, it was pretty challenging to start that lab because I always questioned, you know, how could I get this for a long time? It was, you know, you know, this is by chance that I got this position. But uh, overall, um, over time, I realized, you know, there are some, some skills that I bring to the table. One was teaching. Like I, I loved, you know, teaching at BU. Um, the, I, I generated a course of my own, which was muscle biology for health and disease. So three months of muscle, muscle um, teaching. And um, I was curious, also challenged that who will like that course, but it turned out a pretty good course and people did like it a lot. So yeah, no. And also, as, as far as challenge, you said, I was given a huge empty lab, right? I said, okay, here it is. Go, go figure, do something. And what I would, um, if I, as I taught my students, I made sure 
that they also know that aspect of it, what it means to just start a lab or what it means to just write a grant to, you know, sustain your lab, because those are not inherently easy and nobody know PI actually makes you sit down and teach that aspect of it, that what, what would it mean to become an independent PI? It's a lot more than your science, right? How you sell your signs, you know, how do you strategize your signs and um, how do you do budgeting for, you know, with the money? So, I mean, all those things don't, you are not taught in your grad school, right? So it's important, I would say, to keep that in mind. And whenever you get a chance to learn those aspects of the business side of things also, um, it's very important, I think, and people should keep in mind when they are thinking of starting their own labs. That's fantastic. And so eventually you transitioned right over to um, the biotech, um, and now you're head of cardiovascular and neuromuscular therapies at Entrada. So how was that transition made? Was it difficult for you it, to leave the teaching environment? Yes. Um, yes. I mean, Difficult and not so uh, because I worked at I mean I mean a lot of things really and that's important for everybody right you know you plan something but then life just happens right um, you get into some um, experience uh, that you never and like in two or seven or two or eight even two or ten if you had asked that would you go into um, biopharma I would have said no. Or in fact, this question was asked when I was, um, you know, PI, that uh, have you considered industry? And I said not yet was my answer. And the reason it was not yet is that I was working in a ultra rare disease, right? And that gave me a huge opportunity. Like when it's when you are working in this ultra rare disease, you the community is small, so everybody is very collaborative because people know that if you have to push a therapy to the clinic, you really need the whole village, correct? Mm -hmm. So in that, I got to know the patient advocacy, you know, uh, groups very well. I also got to know the, the clinicians, the top clinicians in the field who were also working towards this disease, I got to know small and large biotechs who might have had some interest. So I was really showcasing this ultra-rare disease to uh, bigger and smaller biopharma, and that gave me a good appreciation of um, what it is to work in this other side, right? So I, I, I was familiar what what is needed, what, you know, what are the challenges, and um, so how, how does, uh, you know, um, what should I, the lack of word here. Um, what are the daily, you know, things that you have to do in order to take a drug forward? So I had a little bit of that idea. And um, and so, and parallelly, because I was working in ultra, ultra rare disease, it was very challenging to keep this research always fully funded. I was extremely lucky. It was, I, I kept my funding going, but most of this funding came through patient advocacy groups and stuff, right? So uh, I realized that I was spending a whole lot of time to be just writing grants, then doing the signs. So, and also have, was realizing that 
that money stream is very important. Otherwise, no matter what I would like to achieve, I wouldn't be able to do that. So, and then it just opportunity happened. I, I was thinking that I'm very good at preclinical research. I love translational research and I met um, uh, a colleague in the space um, who was at Pfizer and she basically asked me if I would be interested in something like this. And, and that opportunity was um, quite meaningful. I could, it, it would have allowed me to look out for my postdoc and my student as well as get into the biopharma, uh, working in muscle research, working still, you know, setting up all the things um, that I was doing and do more translational research and bring it to the clinic. So um, it made me realize that this alternative pathway was also meaningful for what I wanted to do to bring something to the clinic. That's wonderful. So ultimately you're seeing all your passions just come to closer to fruition and just following a natural path uh, that it takes yeah. as a scientist. Yeah, I, I sometimes thing. think it's, I've been fortunate for that, like, you know. Well, yeah, I'm sure you work very hard, but your passion also, you know, that tra translates to everyone, right? And um, what what would be a typical day like be like for you now? Do you still have a chance to teach or do you work in the lab now? Or what's where's your, <laughs> yeah. what is your <laughs> time yeah, spent no. on? Yeah. Yeah. So when I was a new faculty, um, at VU, I was, um, at one point my chair said, so are you still working in the lab? I said, yes, because soon you may not get chance. And I said, what are you talking about? I will continue to work in the lab. Um, so yes, I have moved away from the lab significantly. I still, I still love, um, actual, actual bench science. As a result, I love to be where I am, my team and what they are doing. So I'm pretty closely connected, but I'm not on the bench. And my guess is yeah. that um, they would not want me on the bench. <laughs> but I, I'm very closely uh, connected to the data that is being generated and, you know, still go and, you know, sit on the microscope and you know, look at this data that they are generating. So yes, no, I, I, do that less so more I, I would like to do more at some point i will sure sure and what about teaching have you teaching no yes no i had been teaching still via you know till my last job a little bit i haven't done it here in last couple of years because i think i joined um, entrada where entrada was really you know evolving with this all muscle biology and a lot of exciting work and um, really in the life cycle where we were it needed much more attention to take things forward but once um once things um, get you know a little bit more streamlined i would probably again go back because i still look out for those opportunities to teach uh, that that gives me a lot of uh, happiness to be honest that's wonderful that's wonderful so um Shreda, looking forward maybe in the next five or ten years 
what do you hope to accomplish in terms of your work and your professional life? Uh, so what do I want to accomplish? <clears throat> I want to bring something to the clinic. So, and I'm working as a part of a team to do that right now. So, yeah, I'm hoping that it goes through and um, I can bring something to the clinic. And ultimately, I would um, also want to work in MDC1A. That's the ultra rare disease that I worked for. So I try to work with um, my colleagues in the field who have started small biotechs or are just pursuing academic research. So whenever I can, I help with the research in MDC1A, but um, would want to take more active participation if I can. That's incredible. So I think we're getting um, about close to time here, and I know you're extremely busy, so I'm so grateful to have a few minutes uh, that you spent with us today, Sreda. Um, um, so in closing, I want to ask you, what is your favorite interview question? My favorite? So uh, that I, I was thinking about, you know, what can be my favorite in, interview question? So um, one thing is that I, I, do, I can tell you what is not. Okay. So, what, what will you? What, what do you see happening in five years? The answer is I don't know. So because just by my own career path, I I couldn't have told you what five years hence it'll look like. So I I, I rather like a question that what excites me most in a given career. Yeah. Um, uh, and what do I want to, you know, see it evolve to? That's probably a better question for me. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, we, I think you have shared with us what excites you, what has been exciting you all along. And um, you did ask, tell us a little bit about what you, where you see yourself in five or 10 years. Right. So we're so excited to, to continue to follow you. Um, You've contributed so much to the field, and even though you not, might not be doing academic teaching, I'm sure you're speaking a lot at conferences and publishing abstracts, so you're still teaching in a different way. Yes. I mean, right. teaching also happens uh, in your team, in your group, so whenever sure. like, I'm in a yeah. place where you know we bring the muscle expertise, we have lots of expert um colleagues in other fields so if i can help with my knowledge i'm always happy to do it so yeah wonderful wonderful and so the last question uh Shreda, is what is your favorite song oh my what's my favorite <laughs> song so uh there are many um so i so i don't have a particular favorite song but i can tell you um I can tell you about a song um, which whenever I hear, I I love it still. So it's a song which I, when I was in school, you know, uh, I heard first, that's Abbas, You Can Dance, <laughs> Dancing Queen. So I uh -huh. really like that song. And I, so that's when I liked it. And very recently it was part of, um, 
somebody's wedding, uh, my sister's wedding, actually. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God, that song excites me so much. So, yeah, that, I would say that's one of my favorite, all-time favorites. So wonderful, so wonderful. And I'm surely going to check out your Aliquot's catering um, business that you have on the side. It sounds like yeah. the food is delicious and healthy. Yeah. It's a it's a passion. It, it, it's somewhat therapeutic doing something different when we are not constantly thinking about science. That's also a passion I share with my husband. So it's 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 nice to be able to still find. It's it's hard to find time, but when when we do, we really enjoy it. Wonderful. So thank you so much for sharing your time with us and your stories, and we're so inspired. And I'm sure a lot of people, um, younger scientists, would be love yeah. to hear about what we have so talked about today. One last thing I'll yeah. say for my younger colleagues: uh, believe in yourself, and um, and don't. I mean, good science happens in both sides, academic and industry. And so, if you were to think of a career path, I think just follow your passion. Science will, and you know, will follow. All your passion. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful chatting with you. Thank you. Thank and you so we'll, much. We'll, yeah, we hope to um, see you more yeah. in the news so and in the scientific community. Thank you. This, this was fun. Thank you. Thank you so much to May and Shorta for joining us on the mixtape. I loved hearing about Shweta's career journey and just kind of hearing about some of the challenges she faced and kind of how she got to where she is today. Um, I think that's always great for our listeners too, to hear about others' experiences, to learn from and, and get some inspiration and ideas from. Absolutely. And I think it's so special when somebody's career comes together and intersects at all of their passions. And I think this is a really beautiful example of that. So how cool for Shweta to be leading these therapeutic areas at Entrada and I know we've done this a few episodes, but again, it's just wonderful to see more and more examples of people who are really passionate about the work that they do, caring for the patients in this world who are in need of really amazing therapies. So um, not only is she doing that, but as we alluded earlier, she is really passionate about food and th that she cooks and she's a cook with her husband. And they together share this passion so much so that they created a catering company called Aliquots. And Aliquots, for all of you science fans out there, is the plural of aliquot, which in science means a small portion of a large whole. So they specialize in small plates and they love to cook so much that their houses become a central place for all parties. And because she and her husband both work in the rare disease space, they've actually recently started to have a tasting open house on Rare Disease Day, which most of you know is the last day in February. So they host that at their house. It's been a huge success and really cool for them to bring together people from their community and educate them about rare disease along with good food and wine, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you're in the Boston area, you should totally connect with her so that you can maybe get in on the action. Yes, absolutely. I wish we were a little bit closer because I think that's incredible. And if you guys, you know, remember here at Mixed Talent, we're very passionate about the rare disease space and we do our rare disease hero campaign every year. So that was a really cool thing to learn about her. And I wish that we could have, her, we could fly her in for, <laughs> for our rare disease event as well. Um, 
But I'd also like to point out her awesome contribution to the song added to the mixtape of Dancing Queen. That is a classic. And I'm so excited that we have it on the playlist. I'm kind of surprised we don't have it already, but thankfully, Shweta brought it to the yep. brought it to the playlist. We'll get it added. Yes, we are nearing the end of our season. We've got just a couple episodes left. So thank you for everyone who is a first time listener, a long time listener, and we hope that you enjoy what's yet to come. And with that, thanks for being in the mix. We'll see you next week. Bye.